You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. Oh boy, and we have uh, got to thank everybody for the spectacular reception that our show has gotten over the last few weeks. Um, didn't really have any idea of how this show was going to do, and man, it just went through the roof. Yeah, it's crazy because I remember you telling me the the numbers, and I I couldn't believe it. And I looked at it myself, and you know, just seeing these past two shows, seeing how well they've done. I, I just got to say a big thank you to everyone who's listened. Um, You've had this idea for a pretty good while. We've been bouncing it around, and now that we're actually getting to do it, it's awesome to see it really paying off already. Well, definitely tell your friends about it if they're into retro gaming, and definitely go to iTunes and leave us a review. And also, we're available on the Google Play now also, so you can get us through there. And pretty much any uh, any podcast catcher or you know wherever you get your podcast from, leave us a review. It can only help us in the long run. Absolutely. Reviews always help. But uh, let's go ahead and head into news for this week. So last week we talked about Nintendo is going to be releasing their mini Nintendo in November. Sega shot back with a report that they were going to be releasing the uh, mini Genesis with 80 games on its mini console. But according to Kotaku, that is not quite what is happening. They say, despite reports circulating to the contrary, the Nintendo-Sega console rivalry, rivalry isn't flaring back up in a miniature form. Uh, they've gotten several tip emails asking them about the Sega's new mini console, console, so they felt it best to clear the air. The Chinese company At Games, which if you know what At Games is, they do all those kind of knockoff uh, things that you see like in... Um, you know, you like Rite Aid and stuff like that with the, right. yeah, the, the retro consoles that aren't quite the real thing, but, you know, they're okay. Uh, but they've been putting out its Mega Drive since at least 2012. The device, which does not contain genuine Sega Genesis internal hardware, has gone through several revisions over the past four years, the latest being a box due out in October featuring the Sonic the Hedgehog 25th anniversary logo. And they're guessing that that logo is what spurred various outlets to, de to declare the system competition or a response to Nintendo's mini NES. It really isn't. This is the same and they, I quote this, this is the same sad hardware that's been lightly revised over the past several years. Hardcore lovers of Sega Genesis games hate this thing, complaining of sluggish controls and horrible sound distortion. Yes, it will play Mega Drive Genesis cartridges. Will it play them well? Only sometimes. So this is kind of a... I got really excited when I heard about this because honestly, I was never a Sega Genesis player. I didn't know anyone that had one. Well, I didn't know one person and I played Sonic the Hedgehog. So in 30 plus years, I've only played Sonic the Hedgehog on a Sega Genesis. I, um, and it was kind of interesting that this was going to be coming out because I was going to get one just to kind of get that experience, you know? Um, and I was hoping that this was going to be some sort of 
you know, the beginning of the retro game consoles coming out. Like I was hoping that there was going to be like a, a mini Sony PlayStation one or, a, you know, a mini turbo turbo graphics 16, but it doesn't look like that's the case. When I read that the, the mini Genesis was supposedly coming out, my first thought was here comes the Nintendo Sega rivalry again. Yeah, Cause I exactly. remember that being a huge thing in the nineties Yep, and, and, and kind of like you, I've, I I had a Genesis, but it was only for the Sonic games. Like it was, it was interesting in a way. I never really got into any of the other Genesis games. I I just loved the the Sonic atmosphere. It was so different than like Mario or Zelda. Yeah, you just run through levels as as quick as you can. So I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in that because I was hoping that it would lead to like a retro console revival but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case yeah they are releasing a handheld version i think this is also from at games it's a handheld version of the genesis with all of the same games that the the console has um it features a built-in 3.2 inch screen and should note that at games has an atari branded retro console available also Okay. So that might be kind of cool to have, like a little mini Genesis portable. I mean, I don't yeah, know how I, well it's going to play the games, but, you know. I mean, if you travel a lot and you, you like retro games, that could be something that'd be kind of cool. So that's going to be coming out later this year. I just can't wait for that Nintendo. Oh, me too. I mean, I've actually had a lot of people tell me or ask me, are you really going to buy that thing? Yeah. Why would you Why not? not? They're like, why don't you just get an emulator and just do that? Like, well, that's not the point. The the point is I want to support things like this so that Nintendo does more things like this in the future. Oh, like if they eventually come out with a SNES? Yeah, I want a like mini, mini one just like that. Yeah, I would buy that in a heartbeat. I mean, just like, you know, in a heartbeat, I'm going to buy the mini NES. Like I, I've said it, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the reveal. Yeah, it comes out in November, but I'm not going to be able to wait until Christmas to get this thing. I'm going to go out opening day. It's only $60, and you yeah. get, what, 25 games? Uh, 30, actually. 30, 30, okay. And the cool thing is, I mean, when you think about it, as small as it is, like if you go on vacation or something like that, you can bring this thing with you. You can't bring a, a you know an entire Nintendo with all of your old games with you. I mean, why not just bring this thing with you? It, it has a lot of purposes. For sure, like it's supposed to be small enough to fit in your hand. Yeah, and I'm plus you get to play it. it with a a classic NES controller. Of so course, not only yeah. do you get the system, but you get the feel with the controller as well, which I think is very, very important and very cool that they're doing it. Yeah, it just bugs me when people are just naysayers for the sake of being naysayers. Oh, that's just most everyone nowadays. <laughs> like, I, I I ignore most things on social media. I ignore most things that people say when they say stupid stuff like that. Welcome to the club. I, I just call it ignorance. <laughs> well, let's move on to you said you had some news for this week. Yeah, um, I had a little funny follow-up story to uh, our discussion last week on the the hit, and I use that term loosely, <laughs> the hit movie The Wizard. So I was telling my girlfriend about this movie and she had never heard of it. And this was, I think, Saturday morning. I was telling her about this movie. So like she had to go do errands and I had to do a few things. 
Uh, well, I actually, me and Robbie from uh, the Nerd Cave podcast, which I also co-host, we did a Pokemon Go event uh, near Pensacola in downtown Milton. And we had a pretty good turnout. We, you know, dropped a few lures at different Pokestops around the area, and we had a few people come up and talk to us. Uh, we did our podcast there, which is kind of cool because the, the backdrop is like a river and a few trees. So it actually looks different than, you know, our normal green screen stuff. Mm-hmm. So after I came back from that, I met up with my girlfriend and I asked, you know, what she wanted to do. And she was like, so what was that movie you were telling me about <laughs> earlier? And I was like, are you talking about The Wizard? And she was like, yeah, can we watch it? And I was like, um, OK, because I, I have the DVD and funny fact. And I didn't realize this until this morning. Last night when I watched The Wizard with her, that is the only time I have not watched that movie by myself. Really? Yeah, I've always like I never watched it with friends or yeah, you know, you know relatives something? or anything. I I now, always just watch that movie by myself. Now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever watched that movie with anyone else. <laughs> so like I was, you know, I was asking her questions about it and she didn't hate the movie. Like she said she actually enjoyed it. She said there were a lot of things that didn't really make sense. But Well, did you sufficiently prepare her before playing it? Yes, I yes I did. <laughs> I, I said I will warn you, this is not a good movie, but it's a part of my childhood. And what's funny is this is the first time that I've really like sat down and dissected the movie. Like, I guess, you know, going through production classes and school and this being the only time I've really watched it, I would say as a true adult, because I bought the DVD, you know, years ago, but I just put it in and put it in as like a nostalgia thing and didn't really dissect it that much. But there's there are a lot of technical, uh, I won't say glitches, but a few uh, oopsie daisies. Oh, I'm sure. Especially during when they're playing uh, Mario Brothers 3. Like, I remember the the girl who was supposed to be in the, in quote unquote, World 2. They mm-hmm. showed a clip of her in the very first level from Mario Brothers 3. And then the announcer says, oh, she finishes World 2. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you weren't in World 2. Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure uh, the, she, the she, film she editors liked. weren't too, you know, didn't pay attention too much when they were editing the movie. No. But it, it was kind of cool going back and watching it again. I mean, I'm still, it's still cheesy as ever, but I, I, I don't hate it just because it was part of my childhood. So, yeah, it, it was it was cool going back and seeing it. That That's really the only quote unquote news story that I have. So, okay. Well, at least you, uh, you know, you tried and she liked it. So I guess that's something (laughs) (laughs) that that was very, very surprising. Well, good. I've never forced my wife to watch it, so I don't know what she would think of it. I'm kind of (laughs) curious now, so I might have to rent it from Amazon and see what she thinks. I think it's only like it's probably like five cents to rent it at this point. They would actually pay you. Yeah. To rent <laughs> <laughs> if you rent this, we'll give you five bucks. But uh, uh, well, let's shall go we ahead move on and, to uh, our game reviews. Absolutely. Um, we are actually going to have a pretty good discussion tonight about these two games that are quite similar. And we're going to be talking about which one is best. So let's start off with a little bit of music. Oh, you know what that music is. That is Super Mario Brothers 3, and that's what I'm going to be covering this evening. Um, 
we talked a little bit about it because we, we you know we got into the wizard discussion last week. This is definitely my favorite of the Mario franchise. This game came out in 1989, and um, it took the best parts of part one and two and mash them up into a whole new kind of gameplay aspect, if you will, because Mario never had flight before that, but also before, you know, in, in part one, he could never pick things up and throw them. In part two, you could, you know, pull stuff out of the ground. You could jump on Goombas and, and stuff like and Koopas and stuff like that and pick up their shells and throw them. You could throw things. But Super Mario Brothers 3 kind of took all that and smashed it into one genre. And this is the game that really set the standard for what a Super Mario Brothers game was supposed to be from then on. And it was published in 1988. Uh, came out and it was first released in Japan on October 23rd, 1988. Um, and it was released in North America on February 9th, 1990. That's weird. I thought it was re- released in 89. Um, but it was actually because part two was changed from what it originally was. Part two in Japan was originally a lot like part one, um, but it was deemed too hard for American audiences. So that's why they took the game Doki Doki Panic and reskinned it with Mario characters. And that's why it's a completely different game from part one. And when they went to make part three, they took basically all those elements and made, you know, part three, they added flight with, uh, you know, you could get the, was it a feather? And in this one, it was, yeah, it's a feather in both that makes you fly, right? I'm starting to get confused now. For uh, Mario three, it was the raccoon leaf. Oh yeah, that's right. It was a leaf, and then yeah, and Super Mario World, it was a feather. Um, mm-hmm. The the flight is a little bit better in Super Mario World, um, I think, because you can kind of you can use the 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 cape to where you kind of do this little bounce thing and stay in the air longer. Mm-hmm. But I do like the. I just there's so much that I love about Super Mario Brothers 3 like the the whole overworld system with the map and it also introduced uh um like a inventory system where you could uh they had mini games where you you could win uh you know the the leaves and you could win uh more mushrooms and things like that and it also had uh introduced the warp whistles where you could go from, uh, you know, different stages and stuff like that. And when I think about which Mario Brothers game I like best, would it be Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World? And as much as I love Super Mario World, it really didn't differentiate much from Super Mario Brothers 3. It was a lot of the same gameplay aspects. And, and I, I'm going to put this to you, Derek. If you were to be put on a desert island and they, you know, you were told you could have an NES and an SNES to take with you. And on each console, you only have one game to play the rest of your life. What would those games be? And for me, the NES, it would be Super Mario Brothers 3. And on the Super Nintendo, it would be Legend of Zelda. I wouldn't even consider Super Mario Brother or Super Mario World. So that's why Super Mario Brothers 3 to me is the better game 
and my favorite of the Mario Brothers franchise. To answer the Desert Island question, that makes it almost impossible for me to answer because my second favorite of each installment is on is on the Super Nintendo, that being <laughs> Mario World and uh, Link to the Past. So uh, if you put me in that scenario, I would I would take Mario Brothers 3 just because I like Link to the Past that much more than the original Zelda. But one cool thing uh, about Super Mario Brothers 3, another iconic thing that it introduced was the Koopa Kids. Yes. The seven Koopa Kids that you have to fight. And, you know, they go on to make appearances uh, in later games. But adding something besides just fighting Bowser at the end of every world. Yeah. Was some, and it giving Bowser kind of a family was kind of cool. And if you ever watched the old um, Mario Brothers cartoons, you'll know that the Koopa kids had pretty big roles in those, and you actually got to see you know, Bowser have interactions with characters on a more personal basis instead of just trying to kidnap the princess. Yeah, I mean, you look at the legacy of Super Mario Brothers, even Super Mario Brothers Wii, which came out, what, like five, six years ago? Um, Something like that. It still is basically the same gameplay as Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, this game set the tone for what these games were going to be from then on. I mean, and I'm not talking about, like, Super Mario 64. Like, I don't consider those to be mainline Super Mario Brothers games. Right. Like, I consider Super Mario World and then whatever kind of Luigi games came after that. But this, up until the Super Mario Wii, those games were all based off what Super Mario Brothers 3 did and just the whole overmap system uh you know your inventory the gameplay the way you can pick things up and throw them you can fly you know everything from the secrets and the warp whistles and everything everything about this game is damn near as perfect as you can possibly make it for a video game it, I agree with all of that. I mean, it's definitely if I were to do a you know top Mario games list, Mario Brothers three would probably make my top three. Like it, the the raccoon power up is one of my all time favorites. You know, with the tail and the ears on the hat, mm -hmm. um, the Tanuki suit that you get where you can turn into a statue. Um, I love the levels when you're uh, trying to race against the the sun, and I remember it had that evil face on it, and it swoops down yeah. and tries to attack <laughs> you. Though those were some really cool levels, and doing you know the Koopa Kids and having you know an ice world, a giant world, um, a lava world, just having a variety like that—that's something that I love about the Mario games is the variety because you get like so many different types of levels in one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this game came with just uh, just so many different new possibilities of what Mario of what a Mario game could do uh, from the frog suit and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it's just this game is damn near perfect. I mean, it sold 17 million copies. That's nothing that you, <laughs> video game companies would kill to have that kind of number these days. Oh, for sure. It's just, it's one of those classic, iconic staples that has stood the test of time. And a lot of people will say it's not just, you know, one of, if not the greatest Mario game, but one of the greatest video games ever.
Yeah, because there are so many people that just dislike Super Mario Brothers 2. I am not one of those people. I love Super Mario Brothers 2. But this is the game that everyone can agree on that is great. Absolutely. And I, I will say I, I love Mario Brothers 3. And like I said, I would put it you know on towards the top of my list. But there is one game, and this is the other half of the debate. This is arguably my all-time favorite Mario game. I would probably put it number one, but that would be Super Mario World. Gotta love that jaunty Mario music. Oh, I know. I, I'm glad <laughs> that you... Uh, got set up for that segue i was hoping you played the music right <laughs> oh, then i picked but... it up as soon as you said it <laughs> absolutely so my fifth birthday august 18th 1991 i was given a video game that would forever change how i looked at mario games and that would be super mario world it took a lot of elements like you said from mario brothers 3 but to me, it made things even better. Yeah, you had your flight power up. Instead of a raccoon tail, you had a cape. Mm -hmm. And you could float in the air and you could, you know, hit the ground and cause earthquakes and cause the, the Koopa Troopas to go back in their shells hiding in fear. Um, you've got your classic uh, fire flower. But it introduced arguably the most popular character in the mario universe besides mario himself and that would be yoshi yes yoshi i remember seeing mario on this giant green dinosaur and i'm like who in the world is this guy <laughs> and he's gone on to star in his own games uh, people love yoshi almost as much as mario like i know so many people who are nintendo fans some like yoshi even more than mario He's like really? one of one of my friends who I play uh, Super Smash Brothers with. He, Yoshi is one of his top two go to characters just because of his move set. Wow! <laughs> and just having the ability, you know, to swallow uh, shells, and each of them would give him different abilities. Like if you ate a blue shell, he would sprout wings, and you could fly. You could spit out a red shell, and you would spit out fireballs. Um, green ones, I think you just spit out the shell. Yeah. Um, but but it took. It took Mario Brothers 3 and, to me, made it better because you take the Koopa kids, and I love the Koopa kid fights in Mario Brothers 3, but they're all kind of the same fight. But with these, you'd have to do, like, different objectives. Like, you're fighting one, you have to knock him in the lava. You fight another one, you have to stomp on his head three times while the walls are closing in on you. There's one where there are uh, three or four different duplicates, and you have to hit the real one. And it's all about, you know, timing with that one. It, it took all of that to me and made it better. And it has one of the more unique, but I think one of the coolest uh, final boss fights when you fight Bowser because he's in his now iconic uh, clown car, where instead of yeah. just, you know, jumping over him and having to hit a switch or cause him to fall uh, into the abyss... You have to actually grab the uh, little toy Koopas that he's throwing out, and you have to throw them up at just the right spot to hit him. And then every now and then the princess will pop out and throw you a mushroom and yell, help, and all that fun stuff. And another thing that I love about this game is the soundtrack. 
like the what what they call the athletic track is arguably my favorite Mario song besides the the classic you know dun 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 song. The boss track is cool. Um, all the songs are remixed when uh, you're riding Yoshi. It kind of sounds like someone's playing the tracks on bongos. Yes. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, the variety of worlds as well. You've got ice worlds. You've got um, the hidden star road to introduce, you know, hidden paths. Um, and you could actually use that to take shortcuts to other areas. Like you can beat the game fairly quickly if you know the the hidden path to, to take through the star road but then through the star road you go to the special zone and once you beat the special zone it changes everything from like a spring or summer to a fall setting and all the koopa troopas look different some of the environments look different so there's really a lot you can do in this game and because of all those aspects that's why i've got to put it as my favorite mario game of all time you know, I'm going to agree with a lot of it. Um, it definitely does have arguably the best graphics, I think, even better than the Super Mario Brothers Wii, because there's just something about those graphics of that game still hold up to this day for me. Um, as far as the music goes, my favorite Mario track of all time is the ragtime piano on the, I think it's the water levels that it plays um mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about the like yeah. the ragtime you know mm-hmm. old jangly piano that's my favorite mario music of all time i love that um but like i said it still it takes a lot from super mario brothers 3 and does make it better but i i guess it's just because of nostalgia that makes super mario brothers 3 the better game to me because that's the one that set the tone for what super mario world was gonna be and super mario brother or super mario world is probably the better game and that's not for me to decide it's not for you to decide it's for the players to decide whatever Mm -hmm. your favorite game is um and actually let us know what you think is the better of the super mario brothers 3 and super mario world let us know on twitter and facebook um you know you uh, facebook.com slash nerd cave retro and at nerd cave retro on twitter let us know what you think is the better game and i really think that's what it comes down to is nostalgia is a big part of it and really that's kind of the core of this podcast is you're an nes guy i'm an snes guy so you grew up with Mario Brothers 3. I grew up more with Super Mario World. So putting in all those hours when we were younger mm-hmm. is a big reason why I think we each pick the other game as the superior one. Yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. When Super Nintendo came out, I got it that Christmas. Uh, Super Mario World was the first game I played. And trust me, I played the hell out of that game for months (laughs) and one of the best things about that game was finally it had a battery backup system oh absolutely oh you could finally save your progress that's probably my one complaint about super mario brothers 3 is there's no battery save on that game yeah i i would agree with that and what's cool is you know the games like mario brothers 3 or the original mario brothers they've come out on you know, virtual console, or I remember they came out on Game Boy Advance back in the day, and they actually came with a save feature. 
because that's how I finally beat the original Zelda, is because I could actually save the mm-hmm. game. Wow, this just it's so crazy to think that at one point there were no, no such thing as a save on most of these games. Most of them were, um, uh, what would they like? Uh, what I, my brain is so fried right now. Uh, like a code system that you would have to enter, and oh, it would just be these that? ridiculously long. Uh, codes that you would have to enter into the game to go back to the point where you would at where you would be at when you died or you left the game, but you wouldn't yeah. have you know it wouldn't be necessarily exactly the game you left. Like if it was a game where you had to collect items or stuff like that, you wouldn't have those items when you went back. You just went back to that point in the game, so it kind of sucked. By the time you put in the code, you could just go back and catch back up to the game. Yeah. And most of the time when you wrote these codes down, you didn't know whether it was a zero or a, an O and you would miss that. And, and whether stuff needed to be uppercase or lowercase, oh, it was terrible. What a, that was a bad time in gaming, even though it was fun. And I looked back on it fondly. I would never want to do that again. Could you imagine having to play like Batman Arkham Knight and have to put in like a code to get back where you were when you left off? That would be awful. I would hope the internet would still be around just so I could see the hate <laughs> because it would be amazing. Yeah, that would uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if it would be worth it though, but it would still be kind of funny. Yeah. But I guess that's going to end our debate for the week, so I guess there's no clear winner here, so we're going to have to wait and see what the people say. So definitely go to Twitter and Facebook, let us know what you think is the better game absolutely and it, and like we said both games are great like i i don't dislike mario brothers 3 i i absolutely love that game it, it's it would be you know right below mario world in my mind but as we said before nostalgia really helps when it comes to talking about retro games because you have that sentimental value that that you can't really measure i think yeah Exactly. And if you're looking for these games, if you're a new gamer wanting to get into retro things and you just got yourself a Nintendo and you're looking for Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World, don't get ripped off when you go to retro stores or to a flea market or something. People think just because it says Super Mario Brothers on it that it's worth a lot more. There were millions of these things made. They're a dime a dozen. You should be able to pick up a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 for between 5 and 10 bucks. Even Super Mario World, I mean it was packaged in with the Super Nintendo. So there are millions of these out there. Don't get ripped off. And like I've looked on Amazon and eBay and these things go for, you know, 30, 40, 50 dollars for just the cart. And that's that shouldn't be too. that way. I mean there these things you can find them everywhere. So if you do find one and they're asking 15, 20 bucks for it, don't pay that much for it. Just tell them flat out, look, these things are a dime a dozen. I'll give you 10 bucks for it and they should take it. Absolutely. Definitely be smart about it and do research before you go out and buy retro games. Yes, because a lot of stuff like this, that's the crazy thing is a lot of the games you wouldn't think would be worth a lot of money are the ones that are worth a lot. But something like Super Mario Brothers 3, people see that and go, oh, 
well, this was one of the bigger games at the time, and they'll want to ask for way too much money for it just because it says Super Mario Brothers 3 on it. But in reality, these things are everywhere. I mean, everywhere I've gone, you can go to any garage sale, any flea market, any retro store, and you're going to find five copies of this game. So don't get ripped off when you're going to look for this. Definitely. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much, my friend, for joining me on this little journey. Absolutely, yeah. This uh, I would say we'd call this episode the Great Mario Debate. Yes. But um, let's go ahead and get out of here, and we will see everyone next week. And like I said, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. You can find us on Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. And what's our email address again? nerdcaveretro at gmail.com and you can also find us at the nerd cave pod or oh my goodness my brain is fried tonight (laughs) it's all good yeah it's at uh nerd cave network we're actually going through a little bit of a revamp uh we just launched our patreon which you can find at patreon.com slash nerd cave uh you can follow the nerd cave on twitter at nerd cave vids v-i-d-s and also the same thing on Instagram at NerdCaveVids. Awesome. I kept wanting to say pop culture palette for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Old habits. Oh. Old habits. Well, good night, everybody. And Derek, take us out. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. 